Hey guys, well, I know one of you knows, but for everyone out there, <laughs> did you know that our very own Dan here is a published author and has a book out? Yes, I, yes, I do, yes. You did, that is a surprise. I'm glad you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it was many, many moons ago when the worm fell yeah. to war. Uh, yeah, 2018 it was, even. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it took me about five years to write, and looking back, uh, maybe I could have done better. <laughs> but I guess that's uh, what you always think about when you, how you always think when you look at past things, don't you? you always think, oh, I should have done that differently. Should have done that. Da, 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 da. But I think I, I gave a good go. I did. I have written a second book. Haven't done anything with that. Uh, I need to proofread it again. I pretty much lost my writing spark a couple years ago and been struggling to write again, which is frustrating because I, I do enjoy uh, writing and creating worlds. And yeah, yeah. So for all the viewers out there, what encouraged you or motivated you to write The Hero Within? Yes, my, my book, The Hero Within. I don't know. I Because I, I, I started writing it when I was 19. Fucking hell, that, that's nearly 10 years ago. Teenage angst. That's Foul language I mean. 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was most of my, my built up of 19 years of imagination and stuff. And I was like, I want to put this to paper. And uh, I did. And then it kind of grew in my mind to, ex to an extortionate uh, amount. Because mm. uh, it was meant to be a ginormous 10 book series um and then i was like you know what that's way too much this is too much and uh i i don't know i i, I think it's one of those things where i think the concept and the ideas are great but it's just too much for someone who has to work every day not every you know work every you know work nine to five and all that and i try to have a life and do other things it's just too much but mm. well it, it did grow into like around 719 pages yeah uh, the first, <laughs> that first one i think i've actually slimmed it down i can't remember oh, so there's like a director's cut version yeah not by much I'll tell you that. Well, it, it's funny that you've written something, because uh, if you don't know about the origins of my Spanky Rambles thing, I wasn't always a Twitch streamer. Before I started that, I did some writing too, which I, is I, still I, available. Yes, yeah. Yes, um, I remember. I'm uh, fucking Googling so, this now, far away. I, I, I read <laughs> like, them. I read them. Yeah, it's like on a live, live journal, which I keep getting mixed up with journal space, because that's something from fucking years ago. Live um, journal. Yeah. So, what, what, your, what, what was your, your go-to author penship name? Uh, Spanky Rambles. Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's easy enough to find. <laughs> uh, oh uh, wait. Oh yeah. Live journal, spanky rambles. A slightly different approach this time. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's basically really cringy. I haven't looked at it in years. So, um, I've not updated it in forever. I can't see over. anything unless I'm you know? being a bit blind and stupid. I see. It was some years ago. See Facebook spanky rambles. Facebook spanky rambles. Live journal spank in journals and communities. That's probably a dark space I don't want to visit. I Google it. Well, anyway, to get to give spank you spank me woofers live journal uh, maybe not no it's not me yeah to give to give you the quick rundown um basically it was around it was actually i actually started this before covid but only shortly before only like a month or so i was in a dark place i was depressed i've been uh let down and i was just a mess um my mum of all people said like like you, you like readings um why don't you try a bit of writing like write about something that makes you happy so i was like oh okay so i started writing about bottom monkey island uh you know, uh, Final Fantasy stuff that like genuinely makes me happy, uh, and I just made like bit of, 
just like articles so about i don't know 500 words a thousand words yeah some of them vary i did one on like live bands and that i really like seeing those and it really helped and then it just sort of evolved from there like obviously it was just me rambling away and it's like spanky rambles oh, there we go done easy mm. easy peasy and that name sort of stuck when i started when i moved over to twitch it's like i needed a, a name it's like so it's the same fucking one because <laughs> because it's like part of a charity thing so i was like um there we are. So I could never change the name or anything. It's synonymous now with the brand. It's a brand. Like, it's just me. Well, I've also got a confession to make about writing. Oh, yeah? So during COVID, again, like everyone, was looking for things to do. And it was around about the same time where I was, like, really interested in light novels. So I wanted to write, like, a light novel series. So similar to what Dan had, you know, like a long series of just short things. But I wanted it sort of inspired by Dark Souls. So every item the main character would find like have a brief description which would sort of paint this overworld per se so i went onto a website called wattpad and i was going to use that as my publishing thing i wrote the first sentence and then gave up <laughs> oh you know i i tried to write something was it i don't think it was early this year it was meant to be a uh, a vampire thing i think i wrote a paragraph and i've not gone back to it since um but all it was was the all the, the meant to be the first the prologue was meant to be random dude gets killed by a vampire and then another vampire comes appears later and it's like damn those evil vampires or some <laughs> it, it sounds it was meant to be a bit cooler it meant to be that's like i you know oh like whatever just uh where yeah i don't know writing's interesting in whatever capacity and when you do something really good it, it does stay with you like there's chapters i've written that still to this day i'm like that was a really good fucking chapter i wrote and it still stays with me and you know i'm i'm sure i'll write again uh and it's one of those that really i should just sit down and just do it and uh i think i'm just procrastinating I've, i think in some ways i've been procrastinating for nearly three years but uh you know I need to, uh, actually, no, not, yeah, two and a half years, sorry. But, you know, I need to, uh, need to get back to it because near enough when this, probably about when this episode will drop, will it would have been 10 years since I started writing. So, you know what? I should get, I should write again. And the, my second story is really good. I think there's one story aspect I need to change. Uh, and that's be just because I've kind of lived through it myself. And so I, now I know. Other than that, I think that's better than the, the book I actually published. Oh, I've just read something that's just made be winced yeah, I, I, I go i i go through my uh, old live journal i found it i'm not going to say the name because uh it I, some reason whatever i did it's not under spanky rambles it's under my old email address because <laughs> I, I didn't have the proper thing then so i'm not going to say it online but one of the band names i've just read out to myself ain't good <laughs> <laughs> things have things have things have changed with a certain musician, um, which I give a shout out to. Oh. That has not aged well. <laughs> oh, I think I know where this is going. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not saying any more than that. <laughs> I just read it as I mean, I was just little. It's like, oh fuck. Well, there's uh, certain yeah, things probably... I've written that I'm like, yeah, this will never see the light of day, and uh, that's a good thing. And that mm -hmm. was a younger mind who was pro absolutely stupid, and my mind has grown up, and so that's and that's a good thing. Uh, well, I like the things there's, there's a lot of that with like teenage stuff. What you think is like really cool and hip, and then you read it when you're a bit old. You're like, this is trying too hard, isn't it? It's oh, really yeah. edgy. <laughs> Not about your book, by the way. Just, just... Oh no, 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 no! I realise that. Although there's probably bits and pieces of my book where it's like, yeah, he's trying too hard. Yeah, actually, very quickly, <laughs> playing Mario and Rabbids. I've been playing that game. There's a character in it who's emo as fuck and it's like trying too hard and his name is Edge. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, this is what people in the boardroom think the kids have. Like, it's like, please stop. You're trying too hard. You're not going in my party. Hell no. 
Welcome to Victory Achieve Podcast, a video game podcast. I'm Dan, and we're Brandon and Chris. Hello. Hello. Oh, I was literally about to say something about coffee, but for some reason the word hello literally just slipped out my mouth, and I was like, I need a coffee. <laughs> well, <laughs> wherever you are, we thank you to li- thank you for listening, and make sure you have your coffee, Brandon. Well, <laughs> you know what I said last time, boys? No, but carry do on. What I would do for this episode. Us listening, then. I told yeah, I told you both that I would watch... The 1982 film, The Thing. What yes, did. What did you think? What yes, do you think? Tell us, tell like, us. I'm going to judge you harshly if you say you didn't like it. I, I, I watched the 1982 film, The Thing. I fucking hate it. No, I didn't. I fucking loved it. It was fucking brilliant. It really was, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a really good film. Uh, it's what's, what's interesting is it's this kind of slow... Well, yeah, it, it's this slow, depressing film of just these... American men in is it Antarctica? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and you just watch them kind of half go insane as well as also battling an, an alien, and even just like it, and even when it gets to like the end, there's still the question of whether or not uh, things are kind of left a bit up to you know you as a viewer of is this this is it this? Uh, it's 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 great. Um, music's fantastic. I I lo- I really like the visual effects for the you know sometimes just having practical effects is just great. I yeah I still stand by the fact that it's like this film's got like some of the best effects ever and oh. they were absolutely groundbreaking for the day. Like, like the uh, the they went well above and beyond. You know uh, yeah it is a quite a dire depressing film. It, it, there's not really any happy moments, but I guess you know that's the kind of film it is. You know, you can't always have uh, what's I can't think of. A, you know, you can't always have what some a happy film like I don't know, Five Hundred Days of Summer. I don't know if that's a happy film. I've never watched it, but you, I know, that, yeah. you know what I mean. Like this film isn't the you know, there's not it, it. It is quite a dark, depressing film with a lot of death, but it is just great. It's like I don't know. I would you call it a horror film? Oh, it's definitely a horror film. <laughs> I, I don't know. I well, oh, it is a horror film, but I thought it'd be far scarier than it was. I'm not you're really about it for 1982, though. Uh, yeah, I guess you, you're right. Then, yeah. I, this I... is this is why I'd say it's one of my favourite horror films because when Baby Spanky watched it, like uh, back when I was like six, seven, because I watched it when I was very young. That's why, and it's stuck with me ever since. It's like the only horror film I was watching and had to stop watching it because I couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> I was just like, and it's not even one of the violent bits. It's the bit where um, uh, one of the characters goes back out in the snow, and you see like the tarpaulin like flapping around in, in like one of the uh, vehicles. Oh, it's yeah. like no, the, t- the tension's too much, man. I can't handle it. <laughs> I think the, the only off. bit, the only bit that got me was right near the end, where the when it's only three or four, three of them left, uh, plus yeah. the the thing uh, yeah. who is na- who is said character uh, and when the thing just appears and it's just it looks like they just pop out and then just puts their hand over the other guy and ki- like kills him i was just, that was like the only bit that made me jump i just didn't expect him to pop out uh pop into the screen it's just like whoop, whoop, 
and then there's the death. See, I wouldn't say this game. It's one of the films. It's all about the slow burn and oh, yeah. the uh, reveals the atmosphere. It's not about jump scares. I would say like the 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 only proper jump scare in it is when McCready puts the hot wire in the blood and it jumps out. Like, oh yeah, that's like the only real one. Like, that, didn't the rest, really, like, that didn't really make me jump because I you expected one of them. Obviously, you didn't know mm. who, but you expected at least one or t- or two of them for it to jump out. So it was expected. You just didn't know when. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just how it's paced because it's 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 just phenomenally done. Oh yeah. It's, this is how you pace a film. Just watch oh, yeah. the film. There's like as you say, it's just over the course of it just has all the plot points it has needs, and it's just all in a decent line uh, when it hits them. It's good. Yeah, it... and it's got Wilfred Brimley's best role other than the uh, diabetes. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I remember when I watched the thing, I think the main thing that sort of not really got to me, but sort of made me feel like mildly disturbed was the bit with, you know, when the thing first got in, like via the dogs. Yeah. Mm. And you saw like the dog just transform. I was like, yes. those fucking dogs, they're going to get <laughs> devoured. <laughs> I could and... quote this film all day. <laughs> Matt wants a flamethrower. He wants to what? You heard what I said? No, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, it's got the three best uses of the word fuck in any film ever. <laughs> Uh, with a uh, yeah, fuck you too, and uh, of, of course the the, the all time favourite is after the um after the blood test, you got the guy stuck to the chair, and he's like, oh, I feel a lot better now if I wasn't tied to this yeah. fucking couch. Yeah, <laughs> and the third one, oh, watch the film, <laughs> please, please watch the thing. It's the on best the topic of made. like nineteen eighties horror films. I can't remember, Dan. Did you say you've seen The Fly? No, that's not. Oh, that's good. that's next on your list. David Cronenberg, but I'll try. It's not. It, it's it's again. It's similar to the thing. It's a slow burn towards the end. Yeah, it's, it's not, more it's, about it's more it's about more the a sci-fi thriller, I'd say yeah. as well. The closest I've I've watched, the closest way I've watched the thing is The Simpsons, of course. <laughs> I believe that's right. Where, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm there's, correct. There's a reference to yeah, where he, he goes through the teleporters. I believe that's yes, yeah, yeah, that's the fly, yeah, yeah, that's the fly. I was about to say the thing, I meant the fly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying to think of like, uh, hang on, what, what, what part of the Simpsons did the yeah, thing? Yeah, because I was, I was just thinking <laughs> back, I was like, I know they've done the fly, but I was like, the thing, I was like, which one is that? Yeah, I, I, I don't yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, it's all to series 30, the bounce of. Stolen all the ideas, like Nightmare on Elm Street and all that. Yes, but uh, John Carpenter, the director, is, is my favorite director. Like, period, like, mm. pretty much everything he does is gold. The only one I really don't like is like Ghosts of Mars, there's around 2000. I didn't really like that one, although I know people do, but it's more of a cool classic. But one for me, but like everything else he touches is great. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, at least when I tell my workmates, uh, in about a week, he's not back this week, he's back next week. I'll be, I'll be able to tell him straight away when I see him, and he'll, uh, he'll be happy. And then he'll next go, then I'll go watch this film, and be like, yep. I need to watch that. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Even the soundtrack's great. And all it is is doom, 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 doom. That's it. That's the soundtrack. Well, it builds builds the atmosphere. It builds the tone. That's, you know. It it does its job. Yeah, it does does what it needs to. That's all a a good soundtrack on anything, just in, in, even in video games. If it sets the tone uh, and the atmosphere... It's great. Yeah. So now you've just got to watch the uh, 2011 remake and the game, but at your own caution. 
uh, I, I, I think I'll leave them. I think there's more important things in my mind than those two. <laughs> I'll say this about the 2011 one. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's, it does have some good ideas, but the CGI is terrible. Isn't it? Well, it's with the Norwegian uh, team, isn't yeah, it? It's, yeah, it's a, like, it, yeah, it's just it's a prequel. So. Yes, it's just how the Norwegian... It's one of those where it's like the death of the Nor- Norwegians is more interesting if it's not mm. shown. Oh, yeah. But it's... they did do some they did do some good things. Like what them being Norwegian, there's like a couple of American ones, adds to the tension because they're speaking a different language entirely. So that's that's a good thing. Ah. Was that through the entire entire film? Pretty much, yeah. So oh, it, it just adds that extra layer of like who's who. Like don't trust like anybody. That. Like yeah. uh I was watching um yeah, this is a complete uh <laughs> this is a complete one eighty, but I was watching this um anime and one of the characters randomly decided she'd had enough and she flew to America and uh, and she dropped she flew to uh New York and instantly everyone was speaking English and she was like, Well I don't understand this and then she used the <laughs> magical powers so that everyone sounded Japanese to her. But it, it was the, the fact that they were still speaking American. It was it was it was quite it was quite nice. I like it when things not just films and games and I like it when they like do that where it's like it's actually realistic. Well, speaking of the the opposite of realistic, uh, what, one last thing on the thing. So the thing also has running comic book series as well. Yes. And it's got one of the weirdest fucking things in it, but roll with it, because technically it's canon. So much, much later down the timeline, McCready survives like the helicopter pilot, like the main character. So he's trying to like warn the world of like the thing. He gets hospitalized. But here's the thing that actually happens. There's a bit where he's in a hospital and there's like this sort of farm outside. And he's convinced that one of the sheep in one of the fields is the thing. <laughs> and people think he's going nuts. And the first thing is, he's fucking correct. <laughs> Uh, it's a bit of a tonal shift from the film. I, must say. I don't know, like it's one of those that uh, I, I I think with how it ends, I don't really care if you know said characters survived or not. Like I think it's nice if I I just make up my mind of yeah I think this happens or this, and I think that's more interesting than going here's now a comic book series. Oh yeah, McCready survives. Da, 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 da. I know you say it's yeah. canon, but it's. It's one of those leave it ambiguous and it lets you make up your own, I guess, your own story of what happens next or how you think it, what the ending means or, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's, it's you know how we started our our podcast talking about books? It's the great uh, writing rule. Show, don't tell. And, you know, oh, hey, I, I feel yeah. like that's like the sort of like, again, relating this back to the From Software games, all the lore is hidden behind the blocks of text of every individual item. Well, it's not also. It's, there's also environmental stuff. Oh, yeah, just like small, just topographical things, and you can yeah. sort of piece together. But, you know, it's like you pick up this, like, random item, and it just sell, just tells you something about, like, the greater world. Like, you know, there's certain, like, blood vials in Bloodborne were used for bloodletting, and then the whole history of bloodletting and why they did it. It was like, you know, playing through Bloodborne, you wouldn't really know that unless you've really, you know, sort of read. There's yeah, the like, story's there, but you got to look for it and mm-hmm. pay attention. Like, there's a, there's a whole load of stuff. Of just where environment the environment just tells more than here's a a block of text and it's like well I, I don't really care I don't want to read that but whereas like you see the environment and it will say do I don't know what there'll be like I don't know a dead body or, or that's like been I don't know melted by acid and the next minute you're killing a monster that spews acid and it's like well there you go that I don't, I'm just making something up but about I, I've got an example but I don't want to 
you know, you know what I mean? No. Mm. I was about to say it's the opposite end of the spectrum. Like the, the things I hate in RPGs, it's just when characters are talking, the cutscene just keeps going, you, and I'm just smashing A. It's like shut the hell up! It's like, if I want to, I want the story. I'll find it. Just shut up. <laughs> That's let me I'm, play the game. <laughs> That's why I still not bought Persona Five uh, Royal because I'm it, half of that game is just all the characters standing around just talking. I'm just like just just shut up. Just let me play. Yeah, I just, just want to <laughs> oh well um well you're saying something completely opposite end of the spectrum from the thing i watched the new indiana jones film that's still a thing isn't it <laughs> um uh, how did you find it then well you will kind of already know how i feel about it um this film has a great first half an hour that felt like classic indiana jones the one to the other then... half an hour <laughs> hmm? then what happened to the rest of it well it, it was basically like this i felt like someone had uh, blown a balloon up, and I was so and I was like, ah, oh, it's gonna this is really really nice balloon. And then someone got a pin and made a tiny hole that didn't pop it, and it just slowly deflated over the next two hours. And I was just like, yeah, I wish you just popped it instantly, then instead of uh, let watching me instead of just slowly deflating it. Like I don't know, this is better than Crystal Skull, but not by much. It felt like who who wants to watch sad Indiana Jones? Who wants to see him converse with a very unlikable character? Who wants to see um, them do something that I really didn't, that a lot of people didn't like? And then uh, I don't know, like it was, just, it was also too long. The film was too long. Like uh, I don't know, the the the, the action. There was like the first. No, the second the second action scene after he's old is actually really good to be fair. But other than that, I don't want to watch a sad Indiana Jones film. So if you had your own dial of destiny, what would you uh, go back in time and change? Spoilers. <laughs> uh, that, it's that, literally in the title of the film. <laughs> I, I what I would do is I would uh, erase uh, the Crystal Skull and Dial of Destiny from existence. There you go. Good choice. I, I appreciate you uh, erasing Crystal Skull. Like I, I, we don't have that words in our house. That's that's, that's like swear words. Last Crusade was the perfect end. It's the in my opinion, it's the best Indiana Jones film, uh, and it was the yeah. perfect end to the the, the franchise. Yeah, for first like five minutes of Crystal School, like after the, the opening thing, it's like, oh, sorry, Dad, you died. It's like, oh, that cup of everlasting life not fucking worked. Then did you keep the receipt? <laughs> like there, are, there are good ideas with Dial of Destiny, and for the most part, it's it is fun-ish, but there's just too many things along the along the journey that are just frustrating, and it's like, yeah, who wants. Who wants to hear, um, as I say, the sad Indiana Jones? You know, you want to hear Indiana Jones happy, and yeah, it's not just someone who's like, yep, pretty much near death. Yep, you know, who really wants to hear that? I don't, you know, that's not really the character he was uh, shown to be. But hey, that's what that's what we got in the in Dial of Destiny. Mad Mickelson, Mad, Mad Mickelson is a good villain, though. Um, he was, he was, well, it's mad. He's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good yeah, I've heard he was good at it, but that, that's, that's a given, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. That's Dial of Destiny for you. Uh, if I had to, you know, I, I would give, like, the thing, like, a, a good 8.5 or 9.0 or 9 out of 10. And Dial of Destiny was uh, probably a 2 or 3. Oh, gosh. That is, What's like... Last year, like, IMBDs and Rotten Tomato ratings. Oh, I think uh, the thing... Is like eight point two from the last time I checked. Don't know what. I don't know about Indiana Jones. That's like 
five point something, five point six. Gosh. Do you think it's mainly because Harrison Ford was getting on? Wait, is Harrison Ford still in this one? Yeah, of course he is. He's a fucking eighty. I was about, I was about to say, like, do you think it's the sort of sort of mellowed down just because he's getting on a bit, or was his scenes actually still pretty good? A mixture. Um, like, there's a bit where he's on a horse, and obviously he's not riding the horse because he's fucking eighty. Uh, <laughs> With the like CG the horse in. Well, no, it's someone else. Or riding. just never show him, show it with him and the horse in the same frame. No, 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 it's someone else riding it, and then they've put Harris, Harrison Ford face on him. Oh, they're superimposed. Yeah. No. But even like the, the the first bit, the first half an hour, I really that was really good. Even there, because it's he's de-aged. Even there, you can tell. Obviously. He's an he's eighty with, with the voice, even the way he moves. He's old. Mm-hmm. He's old. You know, like that. I'm, what can you do? He's he's eighty. Like yeah, fair play. Like the first half an hour is great. If it, you know, but other after. I was just like nah, and even like the end, it just was so abrupt. Like it was just like no, the end of Last Crusade was was perfect. It had it felt that was a better send off than Dial of Destiny. You know, when I spoke to my dad actually after he'd seen it, he was like, oh, they've kind of left it open for another one. I was like, <laughs> and, and then after the more I thought about it, I was like, in a weird way, yeah, yeah, they have, and that's really fucking stupid. So you think they're actually going to bring one out? No, uh, no, surely not. Um, oh, you can't hear my dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He, he was scared. The guy's like, no. I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut my window. Sorry, boys. <laughs> so uh, yeah, even using. Hold on, no, it might be the thing. Don't let it in. Don't yeah, let don't it in, Dan. <laughs> oh dear. Well, there's two movies. Uh, you couldn't get more polar opposites. And I put emphasis on polar because the first one takes place at the Antarctic. And Christ, that was forced. So, yeah, you, um, you really strained yourself for that one. I did, I did. Um, I may have to go to the bathroom shortly. <laughs> yeah, rinse, rinse your mouth out. Uh, yeah, I'd said the words crystal school. So, yeah, you'd be right. Yeah, I, think you, I think you kind of have to. Oh, dear me. I'll wash it out with Coke. Anyway, uh, uh, swing back to the more positive stuff of what we've watched recently well i've watched a couple of things guys um one i'm going to go over very briefly now because i've only watched a few episodes but uh, this show kept appearing on my radar on my social medias and people kept saying how good it is and i know the show's like wrapped up and i thought eh, should i give it a watch i mean how long is it because it's american shows and you know american shows can go on for fucking ages mm. Uh, but I kind of quick look. It's three series of it, and there's twelve episodes per series, so that's thirty-six episodes, half hour each. That's all right. Uh, that show is Ted Lasso. Uh, if you don't know what Ted Lasso is, uh, like I didn't until like this afternoon. It's oh, a show... really that recent. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, yeah, well, I just decided it today because I thought, you know what, I'm going to need to watch something else for the podcast because I've got little to talk about. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't want to watch it anyway. Well, I had a bit of free time, so um, yeah. So Ted Lasso stars uh, Jason Sudeikis. As a American uh, football coach hmm. who is drafted in by a fictional UK football team to come in and coach. Hmm. Uh, so he's doesn't really know how football works at all. He's... Some of the comedy derives from him completely misunderstanding words and phrases because he's American, doesn't get all the English language jingo, uh, and vice versa. I have a question. Go. Is it soccer or football? Uh, they for, do call it football. Just, just for the yeah. uh, American listeners. No, no, it is football on okay. this one because they they do do a couple of the English stereotypes, but again, I'm 
very early in. I'm like five episodes in, so I'm expecting that to like dumb down over the series. Mm. But we'll, I'll see. I'll see about that. Um, yeah, so far I'm quite enjoying it. There, there is a sort of um, sort of plot with like the the woman who owns like the football club. Oh, it's actually her ex husband that owns it, and uh, she wants to get back at him. So she kind of hires Ted in a sort of ploy to get him in. To, to, so it looks like you've got someone competent to do it, but she wants him to fail to like get back at her ex husband. So there's a bit of um, deviousness going on. But, but the character of Ted Lasso himself is kind of fun to watch because he's very upbeat and positive and all the English people just don't like him everyone's like mm. calling him wanker like, you're wanking like, no one likes him because <laughs> it's like and it it just show like a, a lot of portrayals of like this English football fans um, so I, I did wonder if they were going to keep all the football teams fictional but uh, in like the first ep- like the second episode they say they're going to play Crystal Palace it's like oh, I'm, mm. I, I'm familiar with Crystal Palace <laughs> that exists um, indeed it does yeah, um, yeah it, it does yeah we've, we've been there I've been there. I haven't. Uh, I don't plan to. And, and, then, and then I escaped. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So far, so good. So good. I'm. I'm enjoying it. I'm, this is speaking for someone who knows feck all about football. In fact, I. I actively dislike football. I don't think that's any surprise to anyone. It's not for me. I think it's quite um, unanimous of this podcast that yeah, we all feel somewhat yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah. Go. 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 Sports, etc. But no, the, the the football club is just sort of like the backdrop for all the drama. Like obviously, it's there for like when they're training and that. But there's a little bit of emphasis on it. It, but not too much it's it's more about the the characters yeah i, I hear good things i know I did, I did tell you this prior before the uh podcast but the uh third season i know the trailer has uh, a frank turner song so i was like oh just because it's got a frank turner song i'll be mm. interested interested to watch it yeah, good so yeah uh yeah i'm gonna stick with this series so say 36 episodes i'm already like five in so only 31 to go yay i can math <laughs> <laughs> well yeah uh finally played it boys i finally played octopath traveler 2 finally from start to finish from start to finish no of course not i've only I just played, started it i've only just i've only played seven hours i only started it yesterday that's not bad so, seven hours in one city so you probably just about beat the tutorial then. uh I've, <laughs> I've done i've i've got three characters so far out of eight but uh so you're so, still in the tutorial <laughs> yeah um okay so this is, this is the problem with many sequels. It, you can say the same thing. It's just like the first one, just a bit better, or just it's just a bit different, or with quality of life improvements. There you go. That review done. Um, no, it, that's like dumb it, dumb it down. That is the best way to describe Octopath Traveler Two. Um, I guess in more details. Uh, music's great, just like the first one. Um, no surprise there. Uh, graphics. Pretty much exactly the same as the first one. Might be a bit better. I don't know. Um, story-wise, so far, I've only—it's just you know—it's the introduction for each character. There's not really—I don't have a whole lot to go on. It's still early days, but so far, it definitely seems to be trying to be different to the first game. Um, there is one. The third character I got is probably the the first character that definitely feels drastically different to anything in the first game because you have to do his chapter one and his chapter two back to back. So you can't just do chapter one then fuck off. You have to do both chapter one and chapter two, which was quite interesting. But then at the same time, it just felt like one ginormous chapter one. But, uh, you know, that's what it is. 
Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I like I like Octopath Traveler, so I'm having a good time. It's more more of what I enjoy, just a bit different, with some quality of life improvements. Um, you can now speed up uh, battles. You can now speed up cutscenes if you like. You can make them auto play. So if you just want to sit back and just let it play out. There you go. All the cutscenes are fully voice acted now, which is nice. That's a nice quality of life change. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely on a um, on a the way on a the way the I believe the director yeah the director of the well I don't know the director of the game or how how some of the scenes play out in some of the cutscenes definitely feels like they're trying a lot. Uh, trying different things like the 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 camera will pan out or pan closer in in or will go up and down a lot more than it first game felt very much static whereas the second game the camera will definitely shift quite often uh, in cutscenes um so that, that's a definitely definitely more interesting thing i noticed there is a day and night cycle and each character has uh, their class abilities. Now with the day and night cycle, they get two different class abilities. One they can use in the day, one they can use in the night. The world changes in day and night. There are certain uh, characters that appear in the day, some and some that appear in the night. Um, obviously, enemies are different in the day and in the night. Uh, what else? I don't, I don't know. There's a lot. Um, there's a lot of interesting things, but at the same time. It's just more Octopath Traveler. Like, <laughs> you know, if if you enjoy it like the first one and you're interested in the second one, if you like the first one and that you had enough with that, you don't need to check out the second one. I gameplay-wise, in like the actual battles, they've added uh, a new a kind of like a an extra. Uh, a, a, each character has like a special ability or like an extra uh, action they can do. So like my the character I've picked as my main character she can attack twice a turn uh the second character i got he his class action can he can break uh he, he can break a shield even using the wrong weapon so it will nullify what the enemy's weak to and the third character i've just got they can uh when they do a magic attack instead of targeting multiple enemies they can focus it on one and it can be stronger uh, so a lot of these aren't like new- a lot of the stuff in Octopath Traveler 2 aren't new to RPGs, but uh, you know it's I guess it's new to Octopath, but it definitely feels like it's trying to uh, fix fitting certain things from the first one. Definitely quality of life improvements. Definitely feels like it's trying to be different. I am aware that later down the line there are I think something called pathway chapters where certain characters cross over with each other. That their, their stories actually do cross over, which is a big thing in the first game that is very disappointing. Pretty much all eight characters have eight standalone stories and the only time they converse with each other is in something called travel banter, which <laughs> is fine, but it's not the best either. There's some interesting travel banter in the first game, but it's so minuscule, it's uh, kind of redundant, and it kind it's kind of annoying that there's not actual story between the characters in the first game. But I think the second game, I think there's a lot more of that, but the problem is... I think with Octopath, 
they have the concept of you can play as eight different characters and it's trying to connect them all and make it so that you can still do any character's story in in its entirety if you wanted i don't i don't know they i think they i don't know i don't i i it's one of the, it's a series that i i like the ideas and sometimes the execution isn't always there but who knows maybe these pathway chapters will be what i've been waiting for or what i want but we'll see i'm nowhere near there otherwise octopath travel is just more of the same but in a good way uh in my opinion, but you know, I spoke to a, a guy the other week who was like, "Too much story," so you know. Hair, <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I finally, finally playing it. Cool. <laughs> you played a game, didn't you, Brandon? Yes, I play it right now as we record. <laughs> All right, you're playing it last night as well. Yeah, I was streaming it, and my chat were fucking me over with it as well. But I'm gonna steal a famous quote from Spanky. Um, this is a game famous which is available name? not only on PS Plus, it's also available on Game Pass, and it is a little survival open. Well, I say open world. It's a gridded game called Forager. So for those of you who don't know Forager, it is um, think of it like a cross between, or loosely like a cross between Stardew Valley. Minecraft, Terraria, that sort of thing. Where your main character is just like this little like white blocky dude. All you've spawned with is a pickaxe on like a on a tiny little island. And essentially, what you've got to do is buy more plots of land to expand. You know the different biomes you can explore. So be it the desert biome, the graveyard biome, the uh, um, Antarctic or the winter biome, and the uh, fireland of the volcano biome. And essentially, it's just you just expand. You kill things. There's like a boss system where you kill there's like certain bosses. There are all there are like NPC quests as well. So sometimes when you buy an island, you might either spawn like an obelisk or a certain like feature, a dungeon or whatever. Or it might be an NPC who you can do quests for. Like, I don't know, one of them might say, oh, can you find me the golden egg? And the way you get the golden eggs to basically find as many chickens as you can and harvest the eggs. And eventually one of them will drop a golden egg. Or there's one which is like, oh, I don't. I'm sorry for asking you this, but can you give me 500 pieces of poo? So you spend literally the rest of the day just chasing down cows, giving them food and harvesting their poo because that's what they want. There are some quests like explore dungeons, give them said items. But considering that I only picked up this game just over a week and a half ago, I've already sunk in about 60 hours into it. Mm-hmm. I am very, like, I didn't expect, because I saw the picture of it and I did not expect it to sort of like, grasp me like it did like the whole concept of like the survival game you know the boss system there's like a market so like there's also like a perk system so you've got like an experience bar where like crafting materials or farming materials like stone berries trees wood will give you experience and as you experience as you level up you can then trade in your level up for a skill point and your skill point can be used to i don't know unlock capitalism if that's what you want to do so you, you know you can get more gold when you obtain gold you can unlock markets so you can sell stuff so i've just literally just leveled up now so i can read off some of the skills which i've currently got available early game so i can unlock storage i can unlock trade sewing carpentry farming fishing hunting combat alchemy like there's a whole like nice interwoven system of everything you can do so I'd say, like, I'm really enjoying it. The end game dungeon is called The Void, and that literally becomes like a bullet hell, which isn't the most appealing things because it's a very cheesy system of how you finish it because you've basically just got to get, like, an army of droids and they do the work for you. Basically, which like, does, which, basically like, let's play yeah. Vampire Survivors randomly at the end. Uh, yeah, that's essentially what's happening. Um, but the actual build-up to, like, getting ready for The Void is a very, very fun experience. Um, one of the things which absolutely hooks me, like a, like a fish is similar to the Stardew 
Have you guys played Stardew Valley before? No. So in Stardew Valley, there's this thing called the museum where you basically you have to find like one of every item and place it into the museum. And then the curator will reward you depending on how many items you found. So it's got the exact same system in Forager. And it was really interesting to try and think, OK, I need to try and find said item. But how do I do it? Oh, I need to put like a fishing trap in a certain biome and it'll fish this. Or I need to dig in certain biomes and I'll find this. So, yeah, I've, I was having an absolute blast. Um, like trying to figure out like, how to get everything into this um into this museum and I've, i'm absolutely hooked there's different difficulties on it i don't know how to unlock the different difficulties because at the moment i'm still playing on classic mode but i think it's like a medium difficulty a hard difficulty but it's like there's like four different ones to choose from and i've got no idea how to unlock them so as soon as i find out i'll let you all know but yeah if you do like chill survival get like just happy survival games like Pick up Forager is great. Like on stream yesterday, like as I said, my viewers were like fucking me over. So like they made rules like, oh, you cannot um, buy islands to the up and to the left. I was like, well, how the hell am I going to get there? And they were like, oh, if you want to like disband one of the rules, you can do gambling. So in the game, there's like when you level up, you can unlock a slot machine and for 85 gold, you can basically play the slot machine. And they made this rule where if I get the jackpot, I can undo one of the rules they made up. So it's literally just getting to the point where if I die, I have to sell everything and start from scratch. I can't travel between islands unless I use a certain amount of bridges. If one of the islands is like a beetroot which spawn, and they're like, if you kill that Papa Turnip, like if you accidentally hit Papa Turnip, we'll give you a new rule. Or if you accidentally kill him, then just start again. It's like, oh, it's just, it's getting just absolutely manic. But yeah, as I said, overall, if you like survival games, Please pick up Forager. I'm sure you'll have a great time playing it, because I most certainly am. Well, I'll tell you what. I bet you had a better time than that than the one game I played. I'm just going to go over this briefly. But I did actually play a game this week. I played fucking Paw Patrol. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I the movie. Game Pass was no longer in Game Pass as of the uh, recording. How is it? Uh, I think it's going away in a couple of days, but yeah. Um, Your favourite game. Yes, my favourite game to set fire to. Your favourite <laughs> game franchise. Yes, I have actually played all of the Paw Patrol games now. They're done. They're finished. I don't have to touch them ever again. The sequel comes out. Yeah. Isn't yours and Weldy's least favourite dog the same? I think everyone's favourite dog's the same. No, I said least favourite dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, look, I mean, like, everyone like, hates this dog. Yeah, Chase. He's a bad dog. Please fill yeah. me in. Why is this? It, he apparently does nothing. Oh, so uh, it's like Sakura. It, what? Uh, you know, from Naruto, uh, basically he does nothing. Oh. No, 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 that's not the reason. That's not the reason. He, he's he's meant to be, like, in charge, and he's also a policeman. And you know how people feel about policemen. Ah, so he's a manager. <laughs> I get you. So he does uh, fuck all. Okay, got you. Roger that. Uh, okay, no. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, Um. this game... It's not really a fucking game. All this is is assets stolen and well recycled from the other games that use ad infinitum. There's only about five minutes of actual game content, and it's just looped over for like every level. There's oh. no different level design. It's all just a city backdrop. It's like the same street you're running up. And if you're not running sideways across the street, you're just going vertical up the screen, changing huh? lanes. That, that's it. That, that's all you're doing. That's literally the entire game. You look like you're having a fantastic time on stream. I finished it and I played it for over three hours just doing the same goddamn thing over and over and over. <laughs> There's nothing different. It's like level two is the same as level one. Level three is the same. It's the same. It's, 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 like, it's like kids. Yeah, but it takes the piss. Kids aren't stupid. <laughs> Give them something worthwhile. Lego games. Not... There you go. Yeah, there you go. They've, they've got puzzles in. This is nothing. It's just run left and press A occasionally. 
Or in fact, if you play some of the mini games, you don't have to do anything. I'd literally put the controller down for a couple of them right near the end of the stream because I've just had enough and I still been <laughs> doing nothing. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not the same. Like it's it's just like the same backdrop. It's like the same looping level, like exactly the same. Obstacles. I say obstacles. Fence to jump over. And that's how you do that for three hours. That's I got, it. I got the question. Have you actually watched any Paw Patrol? No. I know, I know, I know, I know I may be missing out on a ton of lore for not watching <laughs> no. the film. No, but not really. considering there's like considering there's like no story in the game at all. This is meant to be like the movie. They don't it's just there's no plot. It's just go. Like all oh, this building's on fire, is it now? Okay, where are we gonna leave you? I don't know about fucking three miles away from the burning buildings, like running around collecting biscuits. Like, so, no real emergency going on, is there? Well, <laughs> well at least he, you two can bond but with the fact that neither of you have watched Paw Patrol. I never intend to. Unless, unless they come onto Amazon and I could do a watch party as a bloody <laughs> challenge point. No, no. The, no, the answer is no, I'm not doing it. Pardon? By choice? Of course not. Oh, dear. Of course it was not my choice. <laughs> I thought it'd be like this, oh, I need to watch this for the podcast so I can do an honest review. No, no. I did not watch it for my choice. I had to watch it because I was just I, I, was ne- there. I nearly thought about watching the film just before I played the game. No. I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't. Anyway, I need to be more positive. <laughs> the, the positive thing about this, Chris, is that you never have to play any of them again. No, I deleted off the hard drive. I did it live, so no, but no. The <laughs> only, but the only negative is you need to find a, a, a game that has, is as bad. Yes, so folks at home, if you can think of something that's like absolutely dog shit terrible, not like a bad game, I'm mean really so, bad, Gollum. like causes trauma at home. Maybe Gollum. Lord of the Rings we'll Gollum. What about that red, we'll about. red, is it Redfall? Is that bad? Redfall. Oh, that one. Uh, that's bad, but I don't think it's like actually like god awful terrible bad I don't, I don't think that's like at the uh the bottom of like the worst games ever it's just like a bad game it's it's not really bad but you did say the word red you did say the word red I and i tell you what red. tell you what there's enough there's a show with that color in it and it's called red dwarf i'm gonna very go smooth. out on a limb here very and say yeah i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say we've got a few listeners who might quite like red dwarf seeing mm. as it's a uh mm. A geeky and nerdy staple. Mm. It's like hardwired in our genetic code to like it. <laughs> I think I think I could probably think of a few of those listeners' names in my head right now. Yeah. Hi, Smegheads. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so um, this isn't like new for me at all. I've been watching Red Dwarf since as far back as I can remember. Yeah. In fact, one of the one of the best things I ever bought for, for real was in W. H. Smith's. Of all things, I managed to get like a box set of like series four to eight for like a five quid. Oh wow! Still, I know, right? Back in the day when DVDs like cost like eight thousand pounds, I think the legitimate box set did cost like a hundred quid or so. Yeah. I know, like fifty p. Well, twenty p in like CEX now, but still, yeah, bargain. Anyway, um, yeah, Red Dwarf. So the reason I'm talking about Red Dwarf is for the first time in sixteen years. I didn't know this. The Red Dwarf is back on the BBC because apparently, like, Dave has had it and it's been, like, on other channels. In fact, Dave's been producing the episodes of Red Dwarf. So I didn't realise BBC just didn't have it for all this time. But it wow. has now that iPlayer have put up every single episode of Red Dwarf, including the newest series, which I'll be honest, the series, I've watched series 10, but series 11 and 12 I hadn't seen at all. So I binged them and I enjoyed them. 
And they also uploaded the film, which I hadn't seen uh, as well, called The Promised Land. It's more of a TV movie because of what it is. And there have been talks about whether they might do like a Red Dwarf 14, because in series like 9 and 13, they're like the Back to Earth and like the film. So they're technically classic as a series. So very quickly, the series, it's pretty much what you expect. It, it's more Red Dwarf antics. Uh, Red Dwarf, I've always thought, has not been the funniest show in the world. It does make me laugh, but not like really belly laugh anything like that i just appreciate how clever it is all the uh character dynamics all the uh, i just really like it it's a comfort watch it's something you can just yeah, put on in the background i think that's i'm quite glad you said like it's not the funniest because i've always i've all every time i watch it i really enjoy it but i don't always laugh out loud and it's just like i just enjoy watching these characters coerce with each other and have adventures i kind of compare it a little bit to futurama not because it's like it's similar but like in tone as well um yeah just because again i find futurama futurama is fine but it's not as funny as the simpsons uh some people but it is it is very Oh, uh, that, that's just me. It, it's got its moments, don't get me wrong, but it's not as funny as The Simpsons. But it is very cleverly written. Like all the uh, mathematical and quantum theories and all that space jazz. It's like, yeah, it's actually very clever. You know? And I feel that way with Red Dwarf too. It's like, it's like, like this, this is why um, when I was at school, like all of my smarter friends were into Red Dwarf, but I hadn't watched it back then. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm watching it, it's like, yeah, science. <laughs> <laughs> like what like the breaking bad meme science yeah science that's it yeah <laughs> go science yeah um but yeah uh the, the newest series as i said i I, en- I enjoyed them although i did notice one or two things in a few of the episodes and that's they just sort of end very abruptly like very quickly like it feels uh, like they've cut like a minute out it's like some of them like it feels like they haven't properly resolved what was going on it just uh, sort of ends it's like it's not really a, a downside of anything it's red dwarf they just write themselves out of anything they've been doing that since like season three when it was sort of at the end of season two they, they wrote out this whole storyline with like lists of having twins and that, that just went nowhere <laughs> but and um, even the uh, creators said they added a sort of drop that storyline because they realized it was getting bigger they were getting a bigger budget so they thought well they can't take this show the direction we want without they kind of wrote themselves into a corner so they, they just flat out dropped it <laughs> but yes um they do bring back uh, Holly later on. He makes an appearance, and Captain Oh, I forget his name, Captain McAllister. Is it? He makes an appearance in like the the last episode of like the series. But that brings me on to the film, uh, The Promised Land. Now, if you know your Red Dwarf lore, I keep saying lore today. I don't know why. <laughs> it's better. It's better than a Paw Patrol lore. Uh, <laughs> So I, I, I like what they do. I like the premise of it. So the basic premise is, and I'm going to keep this as brief as I can, because <laughs> there's a lot to cover in a very short space of time. The first episode or the first couple of episodes of Red Dwarf, you find out that uh, Dave Lister uh, puts a cat on board. Over millions of years, they evolve into like cat people, yada, yada, yada. And they think that Dave Lister's their god, essentially. <laughs> In the film, the Red Dwarf crew finds like the rest of like the cat people, like the, like uh, other crew member cat, like Danny John Jules. They found like um, the rest of his his clan all in their own little spaceships. Like what's left of them? Because they left Red Dwarfs years ago, and they've actually got a sort of um, divide. They've got the people who still believe in Lister, like being their one true god, and the main antagonist 
of the film, who's introduced right at the beginning, is actually Kat's brother, um, who turns out to be a sort of essentially warlord because he's given up on looking for God and he, he thinks like he's basically a heretic. He's like doesn't believe in that, and uh, he's hunting down people who believe in like Lister and Co. So it's like it's like all your religious themes in there, but done in the style any Red Dwarf can. So I think the premise of it was like pretty solid. It's like okay, yeah, that goes all the way back to series one. That checks out. So uh, long time fans, I think, have been awarded. Uh, and I do like the antagonist as well. He's not overly evil. Like well, he, he kind of is, but he's not like really menacing. He's still a little bit uh, silly. Not to play up to the humor, but. I'll say as far as like red dwarf antagonist goes he's like the best probably the best one i don't know i don't know how people feel about that but i didn't yeah, <laughs> but I, I did really, really enjoy it. Um, every character has something to do. Like they play up to their strengths. There's references to like the older shows. Um, and I think some of the payoff is really decent, especially with uh, Rimmer. I think he has some really good stuff. I thought there'd be like more interactions between like Cat and his brother because he's meant to be an, like, the big antagonist. But uh, apart from like one quick exchange, it's never really brought up all that much. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as I said, there's talks to do like a Red Dwarf 14, but I honestly think they should just leave it because I think it ends well. I think it it feels like a sort of natural close. It's like they found the cat race. Everyone kind of has a happy ending. Everyone's had the moment. I think they should just leave well alone. I don't think they will. There's bound to be like another special or more series because <laughs> money. But yeah. I do think everyone did good in this. Just look at. I haven't. Sorry, go on. Hell, if you say money, just look, look. One of the things that we spoke about, or I spoke about at the beginning, fucking Indiana Jones 5. There you go. Yeah. A search for more money. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've not read like any reviews to see what other people think about this. I don't know whether they're disappointed, thought it was meh, but I enjoyed it for what it was. It, it was a small and, red dwarf. And I wasn't expecting it to be spectacular. And that's the only opinion that matters to you. It sure is. I'm very much like Cat in that. If it don't involve me, I'm not interested. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that was Red Dwarf. So has anyone else got anything to discuss before we get into our main topic today? Well, me and Dan have watched the first something of... Well, the first episode or something. Oh, of course you have, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to try and watch more, but I haven't really. I was going to try and watch more, but I kind of passed out on Saturday because Bobby woke me up at three o'clock and I then spent the whole day like doing the decking with my dad and I was just absolutely useless. I fed, I, I ate some pizza and then just started falling asleep with a plate on my lap. I was, I was just dead to the world. I actually slept for like 12 hours. But yeah, uh, we've both seen the first episode of season three of The Witcher. So Dan, I have a thought in my mind and I'm going to see if we're on the same wavelength there as a first episode okay pretty mid yeah be honest that's how i feel about the entirety of the witcher on netflix because i've i've said it before i'm a i'm 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 a fan of the books so i've always been at odds with the whole netflix witcher always so when people turn around to me i'm like (gasps) i'm just like i don't i don't I, i i'm two seasons deep now i'll finish it or I'll, I'll at least finish season three. We'll see if I watch any more. But I've always been at odds with Netflix Witcher. <laughs> as, as soon as they had season one had the different the three different timelines, I was like, yep, I hate this. It was getting a bit messy with the three different timelines compared to like, if they just kept it as the same format as the first book with the short stories, it would have flowed so much nicer. Uh, I said this to other people. They should have just done season. They should have do, basically just done each book as a season. Completely no, agree. Completely agree. Literally, should have just done book 
Should have done The Last Wish as season one. Season two, they could have then actually introduced Siri and done, uh, was it Sword of Destiny? But season three could have easily been Blood of Elves, and season four could have been Time of Contempt, even though that's probably my least favourite. Actually, no, that's of the main books, that's my least favourite of the, the Witcher books. But it could have easily just done that. Already, this seemed. I also only watched one. Uh, only watched the first episode. It seems like they're trying to do Time of Contempt, and I've already forgotten what the. It seems like they're doing Blood of Elves at the same time. No, uh, what's the book after Time Time of Contempt? Um, I think it's got fl- uh, Flames something. I've, I've forgotten the name. I can't remember. It's, it's been, been a... it's been a hot year, a few years since I've read the books. But e- either way, I've I don't know what it is, but if you could pick, like, usually the first episode of a show is there to sort of like hook you in and keep and like get you sort of like mentally reinvested in something because it's obviously the whole like. A first episode of something is there to sort of set the whole scene of the series, whereas now that we're in season three, the whole purpose of that first episode is to sort of like reinvest you into what you're going to be in for. But it just seemed like it just seemed just like a straight up continuation. Like there wasn't anything sort of like a standout. Keep watching this. It's just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to continue for a bit. In some ways, that's kind of kind of good in some ways. But I don't know. They've, they've Netflix have dropped. For me, Netflix dropped the ball in on season one. Like in my my opinion, they dropped it season one. Um, they've dropped the whole, like the whole series is a is a um, isn't that great. Like despite all the, all despite no matter how many people that come up to me and talk about The Witcher, it will never be as good as they say it is to me. Because uh, sadly, I'm a book reader. I've read the books. And the books absolutely demolish the series. It's why I'm, I'm not also not a fan of the game. I'm not. I don't really like how it plays. And so that also. Game feels, I, yeah, I'm a bit odd with the game. Like, I tried to play the game because I, I remember buying it when I was at university. I got The Witchers one, two, and three. Right. I just. I just couldn't get used to it. Like, I'm not sure it's just because I was so used to Skyrim, because obviously The Witcher 3 and Skyrim was roughly the same time period. I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't play it. Like I, I'm as someone who's gone through the books, I have no idea what the fuck Netflix are doing with The Witcher because right after watching that first episode, it felt like they were still trying to do Blood of Elves, although I thought they'd done it. They're still they're trying to do Time of Contempt and they're trying to do because I've I've just looked at the name of it the, the next book Baptism of Fire. Oh, yeah, Baptism of Fire. I really like Baptism of Fire, but it is a very drastically different book. But that occurs after the big moment in Time of Contempt. If I remember correctly, uh, I don't think that big moment's happened yet in the series, which is which is on the the Mage Isle Island. I don't. That's cu- that's coming up. Yeah. So there's still it's still in Time of Contempt at the moment. So and to me, Time of Contempt is one of the is one of the worst books of the uh, the series. It's still like it's still good, but it's because I because you know me, I like to rate stuff. Uh, it's my it, out of the eight, it's number six for me. That I'm not a fan of Time of Contempt. I'm not really a fan of Blood of Elves, to be honest. They, that's the problem. Like all the the best stuff for The Witcher is all the later stuff, and all the except for the first book. Um, all the all the early books are just like all setting the scene. And it, it mm-hmm. just takes a while. They're all good, except Season of Storms is a bit meh. But that then they won't be doing. Netflix will not be touching that anyway, so I don't really care. Um, I don't know. 
they've they've already butchered the first, the best book. So I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, because I like to see it from like an objective standpoint as well. So I'm because I watched it first before I read the books. So yeah, so I watched season one before I did the books because it's the same thing for like Game of Thrones. I saw Game of Thrones first before I read the books. And then once reading the books, I sort of had an appreciation of what's been removed from the media and like all the hidden gems as part of it. But if I was to look at it as someone who's like, you know, say for example, they don't like reading for whatever reason, I, I you could still find The Witcher quite, quite entertaining. Like, Definitely. you know, Henry Cavill does an excellent job playing Geralt. Like I really do think he he's an excellent Geralt. Yeah. No, he, I, I think as the series has gone on, I think the casting is... Because I wasn't sure about uh, the woman who plays Yennefer, but as it's gone on, I've, I've quite... I think she does quite a good Yennefer. I don't know if she'd be my... Per, if, I, if, I, if I had to pick an actress to play Yennefer, I don't think I'd have picked her, but she does a good job. Mm. Um, and I, I think the casting, for the most part, is quite decent and mm. even the acting is decent i think it's the story they're telling right now i'm just like i have no idea what the hell they are doing to these books this is like one of the worst book adaptations i've ever seen i don't know i've, I've seen some pretty bad book animations if i don't say so myself like <laughs> season one and this is this is how bad like season one is the best adaptation of the books and even i'm i think season one is a bad ad adaptation of the books season two and three are kind of like season two for the most part but all, like now after just that first episode of season three i'm like i have no idea what the fuck they're doing yeah because I, I remember watching it and i'd be like what book are we on like what's going on i don't remember this in the book i'm just i'm like trying to piece together what's going on I see. We've only watched episode one. I don't know, and uh, just over. And then on the twenty seventh, you get the next five episodes. So, and then season four, we have Liam Hemsworth as Geralt. Yay! You who gives a fuck? Um, I don't know. I've got a soft spot for Henry Cavill because of The Witcher. Because obviously, most people know him from Superman, but well, I'm always going to know him as Geralt. Like the fact that henry cavill is leaving is is uh, is probably the reason why we're i'm complaining right now because netflix have dropped the ball on the, the with the plot they aren't following the books that's why he's leaving yeah he, that, he wants it to stay true and that's like no i think that just says it all mm, you guys yeah. keep saying the words books we do keep yeah. saying the word books we should probably turn yeah. the page and actually start going into the main Topic of discussion. Yeah. Well, Am I right? Well, uh, first off, did you know that Dan's got a book out? And secondly, yes. So we were trying to think of a new uh, topic to keep things a bit more fresh. And although we do occasionally, <laughs> we, do, we do occasionally uh, talk about the odd uh, manga and that. People on my yeah, people in my chat were asking like, uh, or started talking about books. It's like I was just thinking, we've not really spoke all that much about what some of our favourite books are, what kind of genres like we kind of like to read, be it like fiction or non fiction so i thought it'd be fun just to have a not really in depth but just quick overview of some books that we really like so who well, wants to go first I, I guess since we were literally just talking about the witcher i really like the witch books <laughs> yeah i could tell you a bit uh <laughs> a bit heated about that <laughs> which books are really good they are like i i also i went through the audiobooks of them and the audiobooks are fantastic although sometimes the because it's got the same guide as the the who reads them uh and if he changes a character voice slightly it, it really irks me other than that <laughs> they are really good like, he changes Geralt's voice ever so slightly, and it, it really annoyed me for one book. I, was like, I, I knew it was slightly different in this book, and it oh, you can tell. 
But, um, if you could only pick one Witcher book, which one would it be? I told you the first one, the last wish. Last wish is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last short stories first. are so fun. If 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 you had to do one from the actual Witcher saga, though, uh, oh gosh, I've literally just got rid of one. I think it. I've gone completely blank as well because now that we're into season three of The Witcher, I've been meaning to reread the books because they're quite an easy read. Like you could the blast Lady through the quite a lot of them. The Lady of the Lake. I can't. Remember. I think that's the final one. The Lady of the Lake is a really good book. If that's the one I'm thinking of, I believe that's the final book, and that is a that is a good book. Although it is quite. Uh, depressing at points, but, but then it's the build-up of all seven books. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, pretty much all the pretty much the last three uh, books of The Witcher are all the best book. Uh, are all the best books after the first book. But yeah, so you have to go. Which is the best Witcher book? The Last Wish, because it's what you want from The Witcher: monster hunting, um, political intrigue, just you know, um, everything. I don't know. I, 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 I list out two. I don't know. You get, you get, you get Yennefer. You get a good amount of Yennefer in it. You get you know. You get. Geralt being Geralt, there is no Triss because Triss is a minor character. Um, <laughs> she's nothing in the book. She is literally nothing. It's all Yennefer. No, The Last Wish is the best Witcher book. Agreed. What about you, Chris? What is a book? What do you like to read? Well, I don't read as much as I should. I used to read quite a lot uh, years same. ago. So I, I, did, I did a lot of travelling uh, work. I still do, but not to the same extent. And honestly, I'm more wrapped up in social media now. But I'm always like posting something when I travel. But it used to be, before my streaming, right, I used to read a couple of chapters on my way to work, on my way back. So I used to read a fair bit. I suppose I... Gl- I'm, I'm kind of like 50-50 on fiction and non-fiction, truth be told. But I'm a bit of a basic bitch when it comes to uh, non-fiction. Hmm. I've, I've basically read like the, the big ones. So I've read The Lord of the Rings. I've read uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. I really like them. Uh, Song of Ice and Fire. I've read all of those, including like, the, including like the spin-off ones where it's like a, with the knight, which I can't remember the name of because it was years ago. Oh, I, I know. Uh, um, is it Duck and Egg? That's the one. Yeah, Duck and Egg. Yeah. Yeah, I've read those. They were, they were enjoyable. I liked all of those. But honestly, I prefer reading non-fiction ones. I read a lot of autobiographies. So currently I'm reading Bob Mortimer's one, And Away. And when I say currently reading, I mean I've literally like read the, the first chapter. So but that's what I'm currently reading. Some of my favourite ones, uh, I really like Louis Theroux's books, where it goes more into depth about his TV show, like when he talks about stuff that happens off camera because some of it's like quite intense but if i pin down my two favorite non-fiction ones but they feel like fictional stories but they're not two of my favorite authors are dave gorman and danny wallace i really like both of those if you're unfamiliar dave gorman's like a sort of stand-up comedian modern life is goodish Modern Life is goodish. He's probably his biggest hit now. But I was introduced to him through the his live stand-up called Google Whack Adventure, which is a very, very funny and sort of meta stand-up. It's basically telling you a part of his life story about him writing a book, and the tale he tells hmm. leads up to him actually writing the goddamn book, <laughs> which is based on a live show, based on the book, based on real life. It's a bit odd, but Google Whack Adventure is fantastic. But I like all these other follow-ups because it is just what happened in real life. It's just what happens to him is very odd because he goes like out of his way to expose social ex- like um his follow-up from google whack adventure was called Ameri- 
America Unchained, where he tries to get from one coast to the other of America without using any big chains. So just like mom and pop stores, like small gas stations, that kind of thing. And it's just like leaves his journey from there. But he's what was someone he used to hang around with, I believe shared a flat with Danny Wallace, basically his flatmate. He's got his own series of books. In fact, he started off with a book with Dave Gorman called Are You Dave Gorman? <laughs> Which, um, if you're unaware, the premise of that is they make a bet that Dave Gorman can't find 52 more people called Dave Gorman. And they decide on 52 as it's like the same as like a deck of cards. Mm. Like 52 cards, find 52 Dave Gormans. And they've got like a sort of month to do it. And then it essentially just turns into a road trip. But, um, but what I like about it is it flips the narrative like between chapters. You'll have one chapter where Dave says what's going on. And then pretty much the same thing again but from Danny's perspective so so you'll, you'll have a chapter where Danny's like sorry like Dave's like ecstatic it's like I found someone I can't wait to tell Danny he's going to be so happy then it immediately leads to I'm going to fucking kill Dave <laughs> so, yeah there's a good read Danny Wallace's most famous one is probably one you've heard of called Yes Man which was adapted into a film with Jim Carrey in it uh, but the Jim Carrey film is pretty much in name only like, it's got like the, the basic premise of you can only say yes to everything for I believe it's a month like, every time someone asks you a question he's got to say yes and just roll with it mm. and somebody bears into it and he does it but narratively they both write pretty much similar if, if not identically uh, to each other so again it's, it's just telling you what, what happens to them in real life so some of it seems a bit absurd but no it all happened so, and some of them have even got pictures in to say like look here I was here with this person <laughs> so, mm. so no one's not talking bullshit but I think they have to do that because I think some people might raise an eyebrow and say that never happens like dear <laughs> Other than that, the other kind of ones I read occasionally, again, autobiography, I read a lot of musician stuff. Uh, most notably, uh, I've read Corey Taylor's books, Dave Grohl's books, Dave Grohl's My Heroes. Oddly enough, one of the best ones I've read is one by Jerry Kramer, who's the drummer in Aerosmith, although sadly he's no longer with Aerosmith. I think they had a bit of a falling out. But his one, his like life stories about him drumming, one of the better ones I've read, because I don't really know much about the guy. He's like, drummer from, from Aerosmith. I like it. Smith, let's books lying around, let's read it. And yeah, really enjoying it. I do highly recommend it if you want to know a bit more about Aerosmith and a bit more about the music things. But two of the books I've read, I've, I've read Nikki Six's book and Slash's book as well. Mm. Um, what's fun with them is like Danny and Dave, they had a stint in like the late 80s early 90s where they used to party a lot and like hang out and sometimes in some of their chapters you'll hear about the same party but from their perspective each but like in separate books oh that's really clever yeah like they don't tie in they've got nothing to do with each other it just so happens they're an important part of their lives so you hear about the same Mm -hmm. sort of event but from different angles it's like it was kind of weird when i I read slashes one first and then read nikki sixes one i was flicking through it's like recognize this bit it's like it's not been in this book i sort of like flipped back it's like i've not read this bit already it's like no oh no this was in slashes because like, oh, okay, I'll just get reading. Um, yeah, they're, they're both decent. Uh, but yeah, that's mostly what I read. Uh, well, let's be honest, I mostly read for Facebook and Twitter now. But, mm. uh, yeah, if I do like to read, I, I like to read about someone I already admire, like some comedian or musician. As I say, I'm currently reading Bob Mortimer's ones. Alice Sales done a couple of good ones. One called his a. Uh, Stalin ate my ha- homework. Stalin ate my homework. <laughs> yeah. yeah, political humor, but um, real life stuff as well. So. It's all good. And of course, uh, Rick Mail's autobiography, Bigger Than Hitler, Better Than Christ. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's Rick Mail down to a T. Love that book. I need to reread it. Yeah, uh, I think I've been ranting too long. But yes, that's that's what I like to read. Yeah, for me, it's generally fictional books. Um, 
I don't uh, mostly like sci-fi or fantasy, which is like no surprise that I've written a sci-fi book and well, two, and I want to write other fan other fictional and um, fantasy books because that's what I, li- I like reading. Um, as you no know, mentioned, Sunrise and Fire, Witcher books. Um, uh, I, I've gone through all the vampire books by Darren Shan. I've gone through. Oh, I forgot about Darren Shan. Yeah, I follow him on. Don't say that. I've only read Soap the Freak. Uh, all um. The- all of them are great, and the prequel books are good. Gone through, I see you got Harry Potter, but I, you know, I think I, I kind of want to reread them, but I'm not sure if I'm going to like them. I don't know, I've gone off Harry Potter in general anyway. I think it's pretty meh, but whatever. Um, the, don't forget uh, Stephen uh, King, though. The, what? Don't forget about Stephen King. Oh, yeah, went f- I got went, I did mention Dark Tower. The first Dark Tower book's really good. Uh, I want to keep reading them. Went through the Demon books by Darren Shan. Uh, like I said, I generally like f- fictional sci-fi fantasy stuff. Um, obviously, you mentioned non-fiction. I've only, I have not really read many non-fiction, but I did read a non-fiction book last year, which was really, really good. I thought I spoke about this on the podcast, but I don't know if I had. Cause I don't know if I have or not. I did look at... I, just before, while we were recording, I did look back at our episodes if I put it on, but I, I don't remember if I... Ha- it's not in any of the our episode descriptions. So I don't know if I have, but when I went to uh, Rome last year, I took a book with me, and uh, which is a non-fiction book called Anxiety as an Ally. It's written by Dan Riker, and he he's a man who is in the video game in- industry. He is on he, he works for Giant Bomb. He he's on a podcast called the Fire Escape Podcast, which is how I found. Well, I knew about this book a long time ago. And I wanted to read it when I first heard about it. I think it was just when it came out. And it was on my Amazon. It was on my Amazon to buy for fucking years. And I never bought it. And then when I was actually listening to Fire Escape and realised, oh, Dan Riker on Fire Escape is the man who wrote this book. I should actually probably buy it and read it since I really enjoy listening to Dan Riker on the podcast. So uh, I did, and it's a really good book. Although it's a lot about Dan Riker's um, anxiety, it's also just a, it's just fascinating just hearing about his life and uh, and his struggles with with it. And it does like have a the back end is a bit like oh here's a bit a few tips for battling anxiety, but it's also like this is not a one and done thing. Everyone's different. Da, da, da. It is a it's a really good book. It's only like two, just yeah, about two hundred pages, so it's not long, and it's really good. Even if even if you just like video games, it's quite a, a fun read. Yeah, it's it's really good. But I generally listen, read not listen. I generally read fictional stuff. Another book, another good book I read is the uh, Japanese book Battle Battle Royale. That's really good. Uh, I, I should read more, and I don't. But I, but I, I need should. to read more. It's just unfortunately that the thing that I read now as a PhD student are journal articles about, you know, the disease I'm studying. And it's not really the same thing as reading, like, a fictional story, non-fictional story. It's not really the most entertaining. It's mainly, like, following just a story of what's been happening in research over, like, the years and what's now been there doing. But in terms of actual pleasure reading rather than work-related reading, I'm mainly on the same wavelength as Dan. I mainly read fiction or so like you know i've read the witcher books i think one of the bigger series well it's not really a bigger series but the books which i was <clears throat> most looking forward to reading is um oh i can't remember what they're called but it's the books which is which then span off and became like dynasty warriors oh you mean romance of the three kingdoms yeah but it's not actually co- I, th- 
I think it's actually, is it still called Romance for a Freak? I think it is. But it's like a two-part book series. And it's just fascinating just hearing the actual stories of all the mini skirmishes that happened. Yeah, I think it is called Romance for a Freak. They called it slightly differently. Yeah, it's Romance of the Freak. A Luo Guangzhou. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Romance of the Free Kingdoms. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's been fascinating just because I read them when I was like still living in Peterborough. But obviously, you know all the stories of, you know, the main skirmishes which happen mainly from play like the the Disney Warriors. But it's just very interesting reading it and seeing like the political mindset of the leaders and also everything that happened before and after what was set during the video game. So, like, for example, like, why did they do certain ambushes, like, more about the personal lives of the warlords, the thinking, the relationships? Yeah, like, if you're a fan of, like, the Disney War series, please read, like, the actual original books. Um, It's it's so eye-opening into, like, actually what happened before, during, and after, and just the sheer amount of stuff they've missed out in the video games compared to, like, what went on in the books. Wow, you say what what went on in the books it's all history it's just been fictionalized that's the thing it's it's, 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 it's been it's, fictionalized to in yeah. the romance of the three kingdoms and then it's yeah been it's been even, very much fictionalized and then even more fictionalized with the dynasty warrior games yeah so. But oddly enough, I still feel like, you know, I, I grew up playing like the Disney Warriors games. Like the first Disney Warrior games I played was Disney Warriors 2. I never played Disney Warriors 1. And then I've played every Disney Warrior game since. Um, apart from Extreme Legends, I've missed that series out. But actually reading the books for like a solid couple months during my commute to and from work, because the actual books themselves are huge. Like it's not like your A5 book. No, the, no. the book is like A4, A3. It's huge. And it's like several hundred pages. Like it's a mammoth of a read. It's like I I didn't realize until uh, Destiny Warriors Six that uh, Sun Juan. That who I'm thinking of? Sun Quan. No, Sun. Yeah, Sun Juan. Oh, Sun Jian. He, the the father. Yes. Yeah. I didn't realize he died uh, after the yellow turbans. Yes, he got killed in the ambush. Yes. Well, sir. shot by an arrow in an ambush. Cause it, because I play like played Dinosaur Warriors four, and he you can play as him from start to finish. But in in reality, he died after yellow yellow turbans, and then it's the same thing in Dinosaur Warriors two. Because in Dinosaur Warriors two, you play as Liu Bei Sun Jian, but Sun Jian does change to Sun Quan. He does. There is the change after mm. Hulao Gate because um, Sun Jian is in Hulao Gate. Um, mm. But the weird thing is, so in Dynasty Warriors Two, you do the Battle of Yi Ling, and the whole point of the Battle of Yi Ling is because Guan Yu and Zhang Fei died. But you can play as Guan Yu and Zhang Fei in Yi Ling in Dynasty Warriors Two, <laughs> which completely doesn't make sense. At the end of the day, it's the the games, you know, the PS Two games, you know, whatever. Yeah, but I mean, it's set. You know, it's the actual Dynasty Warriors 2 set the groundwork for what would become the Dynasty Warriors hack and slash formula. Mm. And it, I absolutely adore the series to bits. Like the music in it is always fantastic. And none of it would have been possible without the book basically retelling like Chinese history, which ever since I read that, I've always been wanting to read the Japanese equivalent to tell us about the Warring States period of Japan. You know, like with Nobunaga Oda and, mm. you know, like the all that stuff. I really want to read something similar, like in that same sort of descriptive tone as 
Romance of the Three Kingdoms, but for the Warring States period of Japan. I really, really want to understand well, all that. His history is fascinating. That's why I remember I was, uh, I went to the Richard III expedition um, in Leicester many years ago. And uh, when I was going through it, I was just like, well, I, if, I, if I didn't know already, I know what is a ginormous inspiration for A Song of Ice and Fire, just English history. There you go. <laughs> the amount of yeah, English history is fascinating. It's literally, with all the monarchs, it's literally, literally that is just get, a song of ice and fire is just taking that. It, it's ridiculous. It's not. There like, is. There's so many things that are just completely the same. Mm. All right, I was just about to say there is one book which I read it because I played the video game, but it didn't turn out to be what I thought it would be. Have you? I really played Dante's Inferno. I know of it. Yes. Well, what have I told you that Dante's Inferno is based? It's technically based off a book, technically, but it's not a book. It's actually a series of poems. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a voucher for Amazon for a book. So I managed to pick up Dante's Inferno for the massive price of just a single penny. So I thought, yeah, so I thought, you know, I'm a huge, I was a massive fan at the time of the Dante's Inferno game. So I thought, you know, let's give, let's give the actual material a read. And going into it, I did not know it was actually going to be a poem. I went into it completely blank. And it was, it was a bit odd getting into rhythm of it because at the same time I was trying to rethink, okay, this descriptive line, how does that relate to what I saw in the video game just as a concept of the nine circles of hell? And it was a very interesting read. Like the, the actual first one, Dante's Inferno. Well, actually, technically the actual book is called The Divine Comedy, not Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno is just the first part. Yeah, I, I remember reading it and having a good time. But then when it came to like the second, I didn't realize there was a second and third part. And I remember, saw, I didn't even finish the book. I got partway into it. And I was like, ah, I'm bored of this poem, Malarkey. And then I dropped it. And then I remember going to Comic-Con. I think it was Comic-Con. But there was, a, there was a guy selling books, which I thought was a original book. Like, I liked the front artwork. It looked amazing. I liked the, I was reading the blurb. I was like, oh, this sounds pretty good. Flipped the page because I was potentially going to buy. And it was in that same poem format. And he said, and I remember him saying, the rhythm of the book as it goes along will feed the story as you read. Like He said it like some sort of pattern while clicking his finger. And I've never been turned off by a book so fast in my life. Because I just, it just felt weird. Like, the, like I, can, I can appreciate the concept of wanting to change up like how you read and how maybe talking by poems might be, you know, something snazzy similar to like Dante's Inferno. But if that's something which you've not necessarily signed up for, it can be a bit of a challenging read. It's like how... The original Dracula is all like uh, letters. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Did not know that. I I read a book a long time ago. I got rid of it now because I, I hated it. Uh, called The Free. The the blurb made it sound like it was such an interesting book, and then I read it, and it was loads of newspaper articles. And for the most part, it was it was good. The first half was really good. It was all about these plane crashes. And then when it started getting really weird, and then it it, it it just didn't really have a satisfying end. It was it was meant to be ambiguous, but it was frustrating. Uh, with its despite being ambiguous, it was like I I don't get what's gone on here. I don't get what the author was trying to do here. So mm. yeah, I do not recommend the book The Free if anyone chooses to read it. Fair enough. I think before we. And guys, let's keep this brief. Something you haven't mentioned. Can we make one book recommendation that we haven't brought up yet each? Dan's going to say Chainsaw Man. That's not a book, <laughs> mate. A real, a real novel. It's a manga. A manga is still a reading thing. I'm it's still not, a book. No, that, I'm not going to recommend a fucking manga when we're talking about books. There it's is still a difference. A book you read. I don't... I, I'm... Right. 
This is a this is a weird one. Uh, it's it is very it's a, it's a Christmas book actually, but I really enjoyed it. If you just want a nice fun fun novel, uh, it's called Merry Christmas, Alec Cross by James Patterson. I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. It's kind of two stories in one, all set on Christmas. It's just think of like a, a James Bond kind of thing. It it's basically kind of like that. It's fun. All right. Quick recommendation from me. You may have seen the film The Martian, but if you haven't read the book, which was originally by Andy Weir, I highly recommend it. Not only does it stay mostly true to the uh, the book, uh, sorry, the, the film, although it's like the other way around. You know what I mean. But it also goes into uh, more depth about uh, behind the scenes of NASA, what they're doing, uh, adds a bit more uh, scientific theory into it, which is, um, after doing like one or two Google searches while, uh, while reading it, it was like, is that true? It's like, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I, I, I recommend The Martian. I was talking with someone else on chat and they happened to bring up The Martian and I was like, oh, you know what, I've actually read that and that was really good. So, yeah, The Martian by Andy Weir. Check it out. Uh, if I was to recommend a book, it's... I'm trying to think back to some of the books I've read and I mainly did all my reading when I was doing my commuting like to and from work and like the main books I've read were The Witcher, a lot of the Stephen King books, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, can't forget that, you know, how have we not mentioned the Lord of the Rings books as well? I did briefly. <laughs> Chris did. Yeah, but very briefly, but I mean like The Hobbit, I mean, I wouldn't really recommend The Hobbit. I would, okay. I would. Yeah. Nah, I mean, I, I, I think I prefer the actual yeah, yeah. trilogy. Which what? Which trilogy? Uh, uh, the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy over The Hobbit. Oh yeah, but The Hobbit's good. Uh, if I was to recommend a book, I'm gonna have to say, you know, I've already said it. If you're a fan of the series and you want to know more about history, just please read Romance of the Three Kingdoms. It is a chance to read if you're not overly interested in or overly invested in it. But if you want to know more about the history and why certain things happened, just just do it. Just read romance of the three kingdoms Fair enough. and if you're very pushed for time the very hungry caterpillar is a fucking banger well there you go banger of a book that is i'm right yeah if i was I'm, I'm literally looking around i'm like oh i haven't really really got any books up here all my books are downstairs to be fair i would actually recommend recommend that uh anxiety as an ally to be honest over uh, james patterson uh but you know you you said something you haven't mentioned so that's why i mentioned yeah i was trying to think because i think i've mentioned pretty much all the books i've read recently uh, but I've got books that I need to read at some point, but then uh, life, yeah, <laughs> and I don't do any reading. I've been half tempted actually since we said we could do the topic of reading. I've recently done like a few like trips into Waterstones, and I've been randomly thinking like just to buy like a random book and just review it, just pick up a series because there's many series I see in Waterstones. Like I love like the front cover artwork where it looks like that medievalish. Mm. setting which is like my absolute favorite sort of genre like that's why i just love the witcher and the game of thrones series so much whereas you know i want to give one of those a go just randomly pick up there might be a series which all of a sudden i pick up and fall in love well, so fuck it i'm gonna do that well that that james patterson i bought it because it was a number one bestseller when it uh when it came out and i, I really enjoyed it i i was like you know what? Just gonna randomly buy this. Don't know if it's good or not. Apparently it is because it's the one bestseller uh, at when it at the time it, it, of its release, and uh, it was really fun. I had a good time. Hmm. Sweet. Well, we started this show talking about books. We've ended it talking about books. I think we have nicely bookended this show. Full circle. There you go. Well, Got paper clip. I've been done. Uh, you've listened to uh, Chris. You've listened to Brad. You have. As well. But what you've not been listening is every time I've been coughing and muting myself. So good. Yeah. That's what you've not been listening to. Well, uh, as you know, we're on all the social medias. 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can Twitch. 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 Well, yeah, these two are on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, where find us on your usual wherever you're listening to us now. We're on there. We're on all the podcasts. Oh, and I'm on fr- and I'm on Freds now. Yay. You're on what? Crids. Freds. Crids. Crids. Chris is on Freds. Yeah. Do you know what Freds is? Brandon. The, the, the oh. new rival to Twitter. It seems okay so far. Yeah. It's how do you spell it? F-R-I-D-S. <laughs> it's the Instagram, yeah. Twitter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? yeah, Instagram basically done their own Twitter. Instagram, Twitter. Threads. <laughs> <laughs> Threads, yes. I'm not on it. Yeah. I can't well, even why... spell. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm well, why like why Brandon sorts that out? <laughs> I suppose we'll catch you later, guys. So, sometimes I I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting more like a boomer. I'm not on Threads and I'm not on TikTok. All right, kiddo. When did Fred's come out? I feel like we're introducing... I, last I, week. I'm I, I, I literally got it five days ago. Yeah. Oh. I'm uh, not sure with technology. Well, your error is in two weeks. Be safe. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, who's who's me? Hell. I didn't even get to say bye before you burst. Yeah, <laughs> say bye then. Right, bye. And uh, read something. Mm.